It's your girl, Marisa, and you are listening to the Heard That with Marisa Tigney podcast. What's up, Heard That Nation? Y'all have asked, and you've asked, and you've asked, and it's finally open. The Heard That With Marisa online store at heardthatwithmarisa.com. I got the merch. Finally happened. Swaggy tees, amazing hats, other kinds of different merchandise that I got on there. Check it out today. Thank you for supporting your girl. Uh, Fill up a shopping bag with all kinds of stuff. Give away as gifts or keep it for yourself. All kinds of amazing swag and merchandise. Check it out today. Heard that with Marisa.com. I appreciate your support. One of the amazing things that I love to do with my time, I love working out and serving in the community. And through that time, I have met some amazing people and I have met some extraordinary kids. And the one thing, believe it or not, that kids love and ask for is books. Because many of them I found that they, they absolutely love reading, which is absolutely incredible. Um, I am so proud that I've met an incredible man uh, by the name of Trevor Romaine, and he is an author. He's an illustrator that has the most amazing, amazing literature for kids and for educators and for teachers, as well as parents. You have to check out his books. You have to check out his digital downloads. Uh, I'm, I'm a huge fan of it. If you go to TrevorRomaine.com, uh, T-R-E-V-O-R-R-O-M-A-I-N, no E at the end.com. Check out all of his materials that he has, all his books, all his literature and digital downloads. You can save 15%. All heard that listeners, if you check it out, save 15% at the end of your checkout. Use the code HEARDTHAT, H-E-A-R-D-T-H-A-T, and save 15%. You, I'm telling you what, it is some of the best materials out there that can help children and families become happier, healthier, and more confident. So use the code heard that save 15% off at trevorromaine.com today. What's up, Heard That Nation? Listening in the United States and around the world, you are now listening to the Heard That with Marisa Tigney podcast. If you are watching right now on YouTube, hit that subscribe button so you stay in the know of every new episode and incredible guests that I have on my show. It is March, which means we are celebrating Women's History Month. And my guest that I have with me today is a history maker in the month of March and beyond. I want to spotlight her and what she is doing. She is a former professional ice skater that now is a race car driver. How many <laughs> of those do you know that do that? 
Nobody else. She's the only one. Uh, she won the 2015 Pro Mod World Championship and is the first female to hold that esteemed title. She is the president of Dina Parisi Ventures, PR, Cook, an all-around amazing wife. Dina Parisi, welcome to the Heard That Podcast. Thank you so much for having me. I'm honored to be here. I really am. Long Island. Y'all need to stand up and represent this woman representing Long Island, New York, uh, growing up there. Um, I got to tell you, when I saw your uh, bio that I remember the ice capades and I remember you, you know, skating for them. And I remember your, your name. I'm like, oh, wow, that's so cool. And then I go and look it up and you're sitting, you're standing in front of a race car and I'm going, hey, maybe, you know, her husband race cars, but it says you did race car and you won a championship for that. So I'm like, okay, I got to connect with her. I got to know the backstory and how, you know, cause it's going to inspire somebody that, um, you know, was in one career and is afraid of change. So I, I'm excited to dive right into your story about how you made that transition and what, you know, you overcame. So growing up in Long Island, you mm -hmm. originally did not start in ice uh, skating. You started in gymnastics. I was so, a gymnast first. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. How did that um, desire to go into ice skating happen while you were, you know, starting off in gymnastics? I, so I was in gymnastics for years uh, from the time I was small. Uh, there was some really good programs like at Hofstra University. Mm -hmm. His name was Joel and he ran an amazing program there. And I remember going there as a kid. And um, a few years after that, I told my mom I wanted to play hockey. You know, you have to remember, I'm 56. So you have to remember this was, you know, this was a bit ago. Mm -hmm. And my mother was like, and my mother was kind of a tomboy, but my mom was like, mm, no, that's not going to happen. Mm -hmm. So I gradually got myself into figure skating. I think I was about seven, seven or eight and got into figure skating. And I did both for a very mm -hmm. long time. I mean, I was co-captain of the gymnastic team in high school. So, but um, skating was really my passion for sure still mm -hmm. is mm -hmm. that's that's incredible so you did you did figure skating and, mm -hmm. and you've done that you know like you just said uh you know did both gymnastics and figure skating so the ice capades that opportunity came along talk about a little bit about how you were able to connect with those people that that company the ice capades and because from what i read there was uh you almost didn't get in because of a height disparity that you had almost so uh, the story got my friend Gina, T Gina Zambrato. Hi, Gina. She actually, when when we were we were about twenty two at the time, mm -hmm. which is actually old. It was actually old to go into the show. Most of these kids, I call them kids, will go in at eighteen. You know, once they're out of high school. Yeah. Uh, so I was considerably, you know, older. Mm -hmm. I seem to start everything late, so there's that. But. um she said to me, you know, they're doing auditions Friday night for the ice capades. And I'm like, they're never going to, me? I was like, I'm not good enough for that. She's like, oh, you definitely are. And um, so we went there and I did the audition and I I passed. And then uh, the gentleman who uh, was the head of the audition pulled me aside and he said, where's your pen? you know, cause I had filled out the application mm -hmm. and I said, uh, over there. He goes, go get it. I said, okay. So I went, I got the pen and cause I wrote that I was five feet tall and he's like, no, you need to change that. He's like, you're at least five, three, five, four would be better. 
I go, but when they see me, they're going to be like, <laughs> I was looking a little short. You know what I mean? Right. And uh, he said, no, once you're there, you're there. Don't worry about it. And I was like, okay. I said, as long as I don't have to wear, you know, like heels and shoulder pads everywhere I go, I'm good. Right. And it was fine. Once I got there, there were actually a couple of girls that were uh, vertically challenged like myself. So mm-hmm. um, yeah. And then, you know, kind of the rest is history. It was uh, probably one of the most amazing experiences of my life. I have a lot of uh, really good friends friends from then we keep in touch thankfully for social media because we keep in touch um via that way and we've encouraged one another to get I don't say we actually there was uh my friend Carla uh began a Facebook group that Mm -hmm. we're all in and it's encouraging us to get back on the ice which I've done and I'm excited about that that's awesome so you did this for four years so what was your favorite places to travel to because I mean Literally, I know that you have gone, not, you know, just, you know, stayed in the United States. Were you able to go world, you know, outside the United States, you know, different countries? Where where was your favorite place to go? So I didn't go outside the United States. We did the United States and Canada. Okay. And I love our friends to the North. I got to tell you, mm-hmm. like Vancouver and, um, you know, Vancouver, British Columbia. It's just so beautiful. Victoria Island, if anybody ever wants to go, it's amazing. And, um, you know, we met so many great people, no matter where we went. Mm-hmm. And we were always treated so graciously that, um, you know, we did, we felt a little like superstars, you know, and everybody thought it was so, you know, people always thought it was so glamorous, you know, they yeah. didn't have to ride the bus for 14 hours, you know, mending fishnets. <laughs> <laughs> there was a lot more to it than people right. realized. But uh, it was it was fantastic. And I love when people tell me that they have such great memories of the show, you know, because mm. I feel like I'm a big part of their great memories. Mm-hmm. I love yeah. that you just talked about the friendships that you still have with many mm-hmm. of uh, the skaters and that you, you know, you all travel together or you met up and everything else. And that's beautiful. That you all still connect. So yeah. you're doing this ice capades and you, you know, skating and you putting on these amazing shows. Drag racing. When did that come into the picture? Because that's just like a whole transition from, you know, because many skaters, you know, they go and they skate and they'll go and they have an amazing career. And then, you know, they'll retire and go into coaching or they'll do something else that's still in the the broad realm of ice skating. But you took a whole different path. So yeah. how did that, how did that, how did you transition to that? Was there somebody that inspired you or, you know, you watched the drag car race? What was it? So I feel like I'm a little bit of a jack of all trades. So to kind of give everyone the big picture uh-huh. um, from 22 to like 26, I guess, uh, that's when I was in ice capades. And then um, I actually had gotten married and divorced. Uh, I was working as a hair. Now I became a hairdresser when I was 18 years old. So I worked as a hairdresser before I went into the show. Mm-hmm. I actually did some hairdressing in the show, which mm-hmm. was great. It was good extra money. And um, I got to take care of wigs and that kind of thing. Uh, and um, so I got married, I got divorced. And then I met my husband. We're going to be married 23 years. Um, oh, congratulations. That's beautiful. <laughs> thank you. On April Fool's Day, because it's perfect for us. <laughs> And um, when I met him, now I had always liked racing. I I watched NASCAR, Formula One. I was always a race fan, Mm -hmm. but never really drag racing. You know, I had seen it years ago, you know, Mm -hmm. on Wide World of Sports, for those of you who remember. And, uh, but I had never actually been to a drag race. 
my husband and I, we got married. Um, and I think it was right before we got married, I should say, uh, he had built a car that he was originally going to show. Then he decided to race it. And the mm -hmm. very first time I hit a drag strip, I was like in my thirties, my early thirties. Oh, wow. And I fell in love with the sport. I fell in love with the camaraderie. I fell in love with the people. Mm -hmm. Of course, I fell in love with the speed. I mean, what's not to like? Right. <laughs> um, and, you know, you're outside. You're high. It's just, um, it's a great family event. Yeah. You know, I mean, we see people, you know, from grandparents to grandchildren and everyone in between, mm -hmm. male, female. So uh, it's, it's just such a great sport. And the very first time I watched him go down the track, I fell in love with it. And um, we, he had, he had spoken to my mom and he goes, I think we're in trouble. And she goes, what do you mean? He said, cause I think she really likes this sport a little too much. And then I went to uh, Frank Hawley drag racing school. Mm -hmm. And uh, I started driving the car he was driving, which was a 67 Camaro. Mm -hmm. And uh, he was building a pro mod at the time because we had two cars. We had two pro mods at one point. So right. uh, he was building his uh, pro mod and uh, I raced that for about a year and a half. And then I got bored. <laughs> I to go faster. You so wanted husband, a new challenge. Yeah. <laughs> my husband actually bought me um, a 67 Camaro RSSS body which um, was a little on the rare side, somewhat. Mm -hmm. uh, and I um, I said to him, well, that's really great. But I really want to promo. I really want to go pro mod racing. Because mm -hmm. that was for a class that's a, a little bit below, um, which would be top sportsman. Fantastic class, but it's like one step below. Mm -hmm. I wanted to go pro mod racing. And after I picked him up off the floor, my brother Charlie <laughs> bought that body and they actually right. redid that car together, which was a great mm -hmm. project for them. Right. Uh, and my first pro mod. So we ran two pro mods for a few years, which was great. My husband and myself. It was a lot so of fun. talk a little bit about pro mod for those that are watching and listening. And part two of that, because I had uh, people think that drag racing is the same as, you know, NASCAR and all mm -hmm. of that. Talk about the differences between what you do and, and NASCAR. Sure. So one of one of the biggest distinctions is the fact that we don't turn left. We are a straight run. It's two cars, mm -hmm. straight run. Um, and the the full length is quarter mile. Uh, most of the series now run eighth mile. The cars have gotten so fast that they've they've kind of cut them down to eighth mile. Mm -hmm. It doesn't sound like a lot, but a lot can happen in an eighth of a mile. Yeah. Believe it or not, you know, these cars are going um, low three. So when we say low three is meaning it's three point, let's say eight, five seconds mm -hmm. in, in 660 feet mm -hmm. at almost oh, wow. 200 miles an hour or, oh, wow. over 200, or over 200 miles an hour. So uh, they're, they're, um, they're quite fast. They're quite quirky, which I kind of like about them. Um, our cars are about our particular class, because classes can vary, mm -hmm. which is another great thing about our sport. Uh, our class in particular, we're about 3000 horsepower. So if you think about your family car, you know, maybe three or so hundred horsepower, we're 3000. Right. Uh, and it's, you know, it's a, it's a, it's an undertaking, but it's a lot of fun. So we don't turn left. Um, 
And we don't have like card numbers, let's just say for you mm -hmm. to differentiate. We do have a license number that has to go in the window, but people don't really focus on that. So it's our names or like my car name. My car name is Stella after my grandma. Nice. I never had a license in her whole entire life. <laughs> uh, and um, so we go over like car names and personalities as opposed to car numbers. Mm -hmm. Um, the one great thing I love about drag racing is the fact that every ticket is a pit pass. In NASCAR, it's not not to NASCAR, it's just an observation. In NASCAR, you actually need a, like a golden ticket to get back into the garage area. Mm -hmm. Whereas in uh, drag racing, you purchase your ticket and you can walk right through. And you're right there with the cars, the drivers, uh, you can get um, autographs. They have autograph cards and that kind of thing. So it really is a one-on-one. -on -one. And I feel like we really do build a relationship with our fans. I have fans that I've met over the years that I still see on social media. Hey, how are you? How are the kids? Or, awesome. or the kids I met when they were young and now they're grown. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and because uh, we've been doing this for about 20 years. So yeah. uh, it's, uh, it's a fantastic sport. I love the fact that there's so many. So NASCAR is one group of cars that goes around the track for the entire race mm -hmm. as opposed to us where we have different classes of racing all racing in the same day mm -hmm. two by two so that's that's the nice thing about it is because they get to see such an eclectic group of cars yeah my car is a let's consider it like a 2013 Cadillac CTSV because mm -hmm. every girl from New York needs a 3,000 horsepower Cadillac <laughs> and um but there's everything from cadillacs camaros i mean there's just uh willies there's so many different types of cars mm -hmm. and so i feel like people really uh, get get a lot for get a good bang for their buck when they go to a drag race because there's mm -hmm. just just so much to see and when you're like okay i'm done looking at the racing i want to go look at the cars up close you can do that that's pretty awesome so dina yeah. did you face any obstacles of, you know, you're transitioning from, you know, you're hanging up your ice skates. You just recently said you're now you're skating again, but just hanging up and you're, you're pursuing this passion. Did you have people that were like all on board about like, yeah, Dina, go for it. You can do this. Or did you have, you know, some naysayers in the corner? Like, you're kidding me. You're five feet tall. You're going to be in this car. You should stick to skating, you know, because you'll get some of those ones that are just look at you like, ah, oh, Dina, that's a great idea. Yeah. Uh, she'll I, never I, make I it. You know, say. they'll go behind the scenes and say all that kind of crazy stuff about you. Yeah, I have to say, my dad was not the biggest proponent of me doing this. Mm. <laughs> now, I was always a bit of an adrenaline junkie. When I skated in the ice show, I did numbers where I flew over the audience. Um, I also did numbers like those girls in the circus that hang by their wrist, you know, and get spun yeah. around. Yep, did that. No harness, no nothing. Um, wow. Yeah. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and it was 21 feet in the air. Hello. Yeah. Anyway, I think back, I'm like, what was I thinking? Y'all that but, are not watching, my mouth and my, my mouth and jaw almost dropped. Like, she's like, there's no I'll, to, I'll just see if I could send you. I had a, a video that I had posted. I'll have to see if I can send it to you. Um, it's funny because I remember my dad, he panicked with that. My mom was not the panicker. It was always my father. Mm -hmm. And... Um, I really didn't get too much pushback. Um, I was lucky that way. And I think one of the reasons for that is the fact that 
in drag racing, as opposed to NASCAR, again, not an act to NASCAR, it's, it's a, you know, an observation. Yeah. We really don't need any type of like diversity training in drag racing. Mm -hmm. There's everything you can think of in drag racing and nobody thinks twice about it. Um, there are women like, uh, Shirley Muldowney and, uh, my good friend, Bunny Burkett, that, you know, really paved the way for us. And, uh, you know, I have some people said that had said to me, well, you helped to pave the way. I'm like, no, I, there were, there were people that came before me. I'm just, mm -hmm. I'm, they just passed the torch. You know what I mean? Yeah. And uh, we've had some wonderful women in our sport. I mean, Erica Enders, she's a four or five time champion in pro stock. So, um, we have a lot of women in the sport. Mm -hmm. There's, uh, every color of the rainbow that you can think of. And, it's never really, we've never thought twice about it in our sport, which is great. So the year 2015 was yeah. a big year for you. Talk about the moment that you won the Pro Mod uh, World Championship. So it was, uh, it was a, a fun battle throughout the years. And it was my friend, um, Bill Lutz and I, that were the top two and, um, we had we had debuted the car in 2014 so this was like our first full season in this car in mm -hmm. Stella and uh we we just had so much fun and we actually didn't win a race we were runner up um but we were consistently up at the top for the races that we had mm -hmm. and when it came down to the last race it was down to the wire cuz we were like at 36 points or something apart from each other. And um, my final race for the championship, I remember I was racing this guy, Robbie Patrick, and um, we both took off and then he kind of, he kind of sputtered, I kind of sputtered and I pedaled it, I pedaled it and, and I took the wind light. So, okay, that, whew, okay, that was good. But I still wasn't out of the woods mm -hmm. because it, I think it came down to if Bill won the next round, he could have taken the championship. So I think it was that close. Mm -hmm. And um, we were up at top end, which means way, way at the end of the racetrack, there's there's time for us to slow down. And then um, this was in Memphis and Memphis kind of has this weird turnoff. And so we were up at the end of the turnoff and there's no, um, there's no, speakers or anything there so we can't hear anything wow. so we're trying to look and see and we're like what's happening can we mm -hmm. can't see and uh well he came around the corner and he looked at me and he said congratulations you just won the championship and I was like wow I, the guy who lost came to me and said congratulations you just won I mean we were friends you know you're competitors on the track but we're friends off the track so yeah. um and he was dealing with a lot of health issues and stuff too. So, I mean, kudos to him because he killed it mm -hmm. that year. And um, it was, uh, it was a lot of fun. I mean, I, that was the year that my, after we won the championship, I surprised my crew, much to their dismay, with um, light up tutus. And <laughs> awesome. Although we won the championship, we still had racing left to do. Uh -huh. We still had to finish the race itself. 
And um, I made them our next pass. I made them go to the line and light up tutu. So it was my husband, um, Butch and Quain, and the three of them, the three boys had to go up to the line with uh, light up tutus. And it's actually become a tradition. It's something that every once in a while, I'm like, oh, it's tutu time. And I have the boys put on their tutus and go out to the line. So. And they're good sports about it. That's so that's so cool that they do that. That's, that's yeah, absolutely amazing. Well, that was actually a bet that it started as like a kidding around bet with my husband about winning the championship. And then it just went from there. And like I said, now it's tradition. So now when we do it, people are like, oh, she's got the tutus out. (laughs) You had talked about uh, women that paved the way for drag racing. And one of them that you mentioned is an amazing, amazing legend herself, uh, Bunny Burkett, uh, who suddenly we lost in the drag racing world in 2020. Talk about how much of an impact she had made upon this career for yourself, for women, um, and the legacy that she still leaves today. Three years, to be close to the three-year anniversary of her passing, I think it's coming up. Yeah, 2020, it was April 2020. She, so when I met her, I didn't, so I didn't start racing until I was in my 30s. And I met Bunny, I think it was at Aco Raceway for the first time. And she she was just such a shining light. Like I've never met anyone like I swear, like she glowed when she walked. <laughs> like she was just, oh, like one of those. Mm-hmm. And um she was always so gracious to everyone. Every fan, a fans, fans never left disappointed. Um she she was always, she was a, a consummate professional, but she also was um, a very, and and I say this in the nicest way, she was always a very sexy, beautiful woman, but she was tough as nails. Mm-hmm. Like she had both, she had everything. And um, she had a very, very horrific crash in, I think it was 93, uh, where she almost lost her life. And um, she she never wavered ever like she just always had just that great way about her and she mentored me because there were times I would I call her and I'd be like bunny blah 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 and she she, okay here's what you're gonna do okay and then uh when we when we built Stella she had Mm -hmm. put the note on the door um and people go on my social media, actually, I posted it on a Instagram. beautiful note that she left you too. And yeah. she wrote a, a beautiful note to me. And um, she, she, they surprised me with that because <clears throat> I was having the car painted and she lived near where the painter is. And uh, she, my husband took a picture of her signing the car and just um, great memories. I don't know what I'm going to do if I ever sell the car. I'm going to have to take the door off and get a new one because I'm not giving that up. Yeah. <laughs> Don't you go anywhere. The Heard That with Marisa Tigney podcast will be right back after a brief pause to hear from our sponsor. One of the amazing things that I love to do with my time, I love working out and serving in the community. And through that time, I have met some amazing people and I have met some extraordinary kids. And the one thing, believe it or not, that kids love and ask for is books. Because many of them I found that they, they absolutely love reading, which is absolutely incredible. Um, I am so proud that I've met an incredible man uh, by the name of Trevor Romaine, and he is an author. He's an illustrator that has the most amazing, amazing literature for kids and for educators 
and for teachers as well as parents. You have to check out his books. You have to check out his digital downloads. Uh, I'm, I'm a huge fan of it. If you go to trevorromain.com, uh, T-R-E-V-O-R-R-O-M-A-I-N, no E at the end.com, check out all of his materials that he has, all his books, all his literature and digital downloads. You can save 15%. All heard that listeners, if you check it out, save 15% at the end of your checkout. Use the code heard that, H-E-A-R-D-T-H-A-T, and save 15%. You, I'm telling you what, it is some of the best materials out there that can help children and families become happier, healthier, and more confident. So use the code heard that, save 15% off at trevorromain.com today. And welcome back to the Heard That with Marisa Tigney podcast. I, I I don't even like, I stutter when I talk about her because there's just so many good things. I would never have a negative thing to say about her. Mm-hmm. She was so she was such a support to me and I know many other racers as well. So um, she's definitely dearly missed. What is sure. uh, some, I know that you just said there's so many things that you could, you know, talk about her and, you know, so many great memories. What is one that stands out to you, a piece of advice or a conversation that you had with her that sticks with you, you know, that will always stick with you for a lifetime? So I had crashed um, <clears throat> when I was in my previous pro mod, I, we had crashed, crashed it a couple of times, actually. And um, I was like, Bunny, I have to. And it was at the same racetrack. So I was like, mm-hmm. Bunny. And that was her home track. I said, Bunny, I have to go back and I'm fighting for the championship. It's in 2015. Mm -hmm. And she said, she said to me, you're going to pace yourself. She said, you have to put it out of your mind, which is one thing that we have to do. Um, She said, but you're going to pace yourself. She said, you're going to, you're going to sit at the line. You're going to think about where you are. You're going to let the car go. You're going to just, she says, just keep in your frame of mind. And she said, and once you get to the end of the track the first time, you'll be fine. Mm-hmm. And she was right. She was right. We did a test pass uh, and it was a beautiful test pass. And that kind of ended the, um, you know, the fear that I had. Yeah. I don't want to say it was a fear. It was more of an apprehension. Mm-hmm. It was, I always tell people, I always ask me, are you afraid of the car? And I'm like, I'm not afraid of it. I respect it. Mm-hmm. but I'm not afraid of it. And there's a difference there. If you're yeah. afraid, of it, you shouldn't be in it. And, and that's fine. It's not for everybody. Um, but if there's a fear there, you're going to make mistakes. So, yeah. but if you have a respect for it, then you know, oh, okay, well, it's a little stronger than me and I just have to pay attention. I like that you, you broke down. There is a difference between apprehension and fear. Yeah. You know, fear is like you put a stop at all of it because, you know, you let fear block you from getting to that next level or apprehension. You just take a pause and you're mm-hmm. like, I'm going to overcome this. How am mm-hmm. I going to overcome this? When am I going to overcome this? And how am I going to make this happen? And yeah. I, I like that you had said that, that you just had an apprehension and not a fear. Yeah. And, a, and, and that can happen often in our sport. You know, you can be in the same lane, you can be in the same race as someone and, and, and they have a wreck. Yeah. Uh, you, you yourself can have a wreck. Different things can happen. Um, and that's one thing I'm, you'll notice if anyone who sees me on social media, I'm a big proponent for uh, safety gear. Mm-hmm. Wear all your safety gear. Wear mm-hmm. extra safety gear. Yeah. Because you never know 
what can happen at mm-hmm. any time. Be amazed. I've seen things happen that you would be never think. I also never watched the car ahead of me. So when we're sitting behind what they call the water box. So how the process goes is when it's your run, you roll through the water box and then you do a burnout, you know, with the big smoke behind you. But um, before it's your turn, you're sitting behind the water box while the the other cars are going. Mm-hmm. And I never watch the cars ahead of me. And there's a reason for that because if someone does have a mishap, I don't want to view it from that standpoint. Yeah. That's a lot to it's you, you have to be good to your brain. And no matter what sport you're in, you have to remember certain things are going to happen. So if you can avoid things that are going to make you apprehensive, Mm -hmm. then you do so, you you know, better to be proactive than reactive. Oh yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I love this quote that you have. Um, Once I read it, I, I read it again and when I read something that, you know, is powerful, such as this quote that you have, as I always say in life, you get one ticket and I'm using mine until it expires. And I read that and I'm like, huh, she's using her one ticket until, so using your one ticket. And I had to read it again. And I'm like, you'll have that aha moment that just click right into your head. When you read something like this, I, I, I absolutely love this quote, how you said it. Um, I, and I and I think of you know the conversation we just had and you know the career that you're having still having, and you're using your ticket until it expires. So you have your own business. You're in the drag racing. You did the ice capades, uh, everything. What what's the next level? What's next for Dina Parisi? What's next for Dina Parisi Ventures? Well, so we've been out of the racing realm for a couple of years. You know, between COVID, life, just things have happened. Mm-hmm. And- excuse me, we're working our way back. Uh, We got a new trip, well, a new to us trailer. It's an old trailer. My husband's been refurbishing it and it looks fantastic. Mm -hmm. Uh, And we have to get um, a truck to tow it with. We haven't done that yet. So we're working our way back um, and looking to run a full season in 24. So this is definitely a regrouping year. We have to, I need um, new safety equipment, things like that. And these things, Mm -hmm. they take time, they take money. So uh, we're just gathering everything together. And I like to be fully, fully prepared uh, before I go out and compete. So we're going to get everything together and then do some testing. Mm and you know, I kind of got to get my feet wet again too. And it's been a couple of years. I want to, I want to get comfortable again in the car. Yeah. And, um, we've, my husband's also made some changes on the car. So there's data that we don't have, mm-hmm. um, for anyone not familiar, we, we record everything. So, um, I mean, from in-car cameras to, for what I do, um, you know, to we have a data recorder in the car that records everything from you know your oil pressure to your drive shaft to everything and they look at all that data and that's how they tune the car oh wow you know and and it's and it's all in tune with the weather and whatnot so Mm -hmm. um there's you know so we have we we're kind of starting out again because we have some you know some things that we need to work out, but I'm looking forward to it. You know, we're looking for marketing partners to join the team with us, uh, to work with us in 24. Mm-hmm. And 
uh, you know, it's a good opportunity for anybody. I, I enjoy doing my marketing. I do a lot of social media. So uh, we're, we're looking forward to getting back in the game. You know, like I said, I'm 56. No, not and don't I look like it, by the way, if you're just <laughs> listening and not watching, she does not at all look like she is in her fifties, but continue. I'm Italian, it's the olive oil, I'm convinced. <laughs> so, um, you know, I always, I, I like to tell people, so I, I, I read a few things the other day that really made me want to send this point home. Mm -hmm. uh, women that are of a certain age, 50 and over, let's just say. Yeah. Uh, feeling like they're invisible. It's so many women in this one particular post said, I feel invisible. Now, I, I'm i not a mom, so I don't have the empty nester syndrome and all of that, which I have friends and my heart breaks for them. But I don't, it's, everything is so focused. And when I say everything, I mean, social media, and mm -hmm. I mean, even marketing. Mm -hmm. so focused in on young people now there's nothing wrong with young people they're young hey more power to you I wouldn't mind being there again but I'm not mm -hmm. uh that I people are start like I said they're starting these women are starting to feel invisible we need to lift one another up we also need to not be afraid to try something now listen I'm not saying get in a race car or get in the race car yeah you know what I mean but there are so many opportunities out there for women that you can take advantage of. Yeah. Um, let's just say you like racing, but you, you don't want to drive a race car. There's hospitality. There's marketing. Mm -hmm. You know, there's so many things that women or anyone can do. And I, I don't want women. I, I hate hearing that women like that feel invisible yeah. now struggle sometimes because you know I, I had a uh we had a company i won't say the company it was a big company and it was a product that people could use from the time they were a teenager until the time you were you know what i mean mm -hmm. and um they loved everything about I say us, I mean me and my husband, because many times you'll see me and my husband together and he's my crew chief and it's always he and I, but they loved everything about the team. They loved, they loved what I did, but they didn't like my age. I know like, well, what does that have to do with anything that we just talked about? Mm -hmm. Because your product can be utilized by anyone. So mm. why, why turn me down? Because what? I'm not pretty enough. I, I, I have a little more wrinkles than you want. I might have little circles under my eyes. I get it. Mm -hmm. but, uh, you know, I'm not a, you know, what's her name? But Hadid, right? Yeah. Gigi Hadid. Yeah. I'm not Gigi Hadid. I get it. Mm -hmm. But what I didn't understand was people who buy products many times are regular people. They're you, they're me, they're regular people. Right. Why do you feel like you got to be so fancy? Why can't you have real people mm -hmm. advocating for your company? And I said, hey, that's fine. I'll just go to your competitor. That's good. Yeah. <laughs> you would think in their mind, you would want real people to connect with real people mm -hmm. that are trying to, you know, check out the product that may be your potential buyers. You would think somewhere in their finite business brain yeah. that that is what they want. That's such a, that's such and an In my thing. mind, you know, I know when I see an advertisement on TV, mm -hmm. I don't see real people. 
and I get it. Sometimes they're paid or they're, you know, they're, they do give them a little bit of a script, but they're real yeah. people. Yeah. I see real people and no disrespect to anyone who's, you know, stars or whatever, but we, we, the majority of the people in this country are not, you know, an A-list celebrity or mm-hmm. a model or a, you know what I mean? So yeah. I think we need to, we need to talk to people like they're people. I agree. So that's the authenticity matters. And, and there's a lot of that missing these days. Yes. You know what I mean? Like everything's always, you know, like it, and Instagram, everything's perfect. I'm a freaking train wreck half the time. And I'm fine with that. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I want people to see the fact that I'm a train wreck or I suffer from severe migraines. Um, and I'll post about that mm-hmm. because I want people to know that it, people see the racing and they think, ooh. And I'm like, it, that's, it's a big part of my life, but it's not my life. Mm-hmm. You know, like when, you were live on Instagram before I was cleaning the toilet. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> but I was, I was cleaning the bathroom yeah. while I was watching and listening to you, to your Instagram live. So, you know, we're real people, like we yeah. just real stuff. So, and, and I think that needs to be taken into account. Yeah. Cause after, you know, I, we have this amazing conversation, guess what? I have laundry that won't fold itself and put itself <laughs> in the drawers or hang all the pants up. Like it's got to get done. It keeps looking at me like anytime, sis, you want to put this up? We're right here. <laughs> exactly. You know, and but and back again to the women feeling invisible that uh-huh. I'm trying, I'm really gonna start to try to create a platform where women can swing in and be like. And look, I'm not, I'm not any kind of guru or anything. I'm just, again, I'm, I'm a woman of their age mm-hmm. where they can swing in and be like, I'm just not feeling it today, you know, and we're going to have times like that, but we, we need to be our own advocates so that we are not, we don't feel invisible. We need to be our own advocates. And however we make that happen, we make it happen together. I love that. Cause together we can cause so many things to happen with great. You know, when we don't put, when we put our differences aside, when we don't compare with one another, we just go and support, genuinely support one another in whatever venture that, you know, someone is pursuing already in, or they need advice. I mean, women, we we can be so powerful if we just lift each other up and we just come together and say, hey, I got your back. Or, hey, Dina, I love what you're doing. I love that you're race car driving. I love that, you know, your story from, you know, going from ice skating and then stepping into this big realm of drag racing, you know, that's inspiring me to, you know, go back to school or it's inspiring me to start a business. Um, What I wanted to ask you before we, uh, before I get you out of here is that you have connected with so many people and so many fans. Is there one particular story that, you know, you would love to share of a fan that interaction, that connection that they had with you uh, that you still think about from time to time? Uh, There's so many, (laughs) so many. Um, We've worked a lot with veterans in the past. So I have veterans that I still keep in touch with Mm -hmm. that we we did programs for. uh, And uh, I still have um, a young girl named Evie, uh, who, hi Evie, who, 
I met her and her sister and her mom and dad uh, at US 131 in Michigan, mm -hmm. in Michigan. Hey, shout and, out to Michigan. And we have stayed in touch ever since, you know, she's all grown now. She's all grown up. So, um, but you know, she's on my social media and she's like, when are you coming back? And I'm like, hopefully next year. And I have a little connection to Michigan too. So, um, and I'm going to preface this with um, my condolences to everyone for um, that horrific situation that happened at Michigan State. Thank you. I have very fond memories of Michigan State. 1979, my coaches from Long Island mm -hmm. actually had a skating camp there at Michigan State. Oh, wow. And so I stayed there for an entire summer. Mm -hmm. I loved it. We stayed at Yakely Hall, which I don't know if it's still there. That was, it was an older mm -hmm. building. Mm -hmm. and it was creepy. And I'm, con I'm convinced to this day that it was haunted. Trust and believe you're not the only one that's had stories about that. <laughs> I could swear I heard that piano playing in the middle of the night by itself. But that <laughs> and, um, and then we went to Holden Hall. Mm -hmm. And I, <laughs> here's my takeaway. Um, they had that right down in the base of like the last floor, like the basement deep thing. They mm -hmm. had these couches that had wheels and we used to race them down the hallway, like push them and race them down the hallway. Mm -hmm. I remember going to skating camp and pushing and racing couches down the hallway because they had wheels on them. <laughs> There's my big takeaway. See, listen, you were putting your your <laughs> drag racing dreams in existence and it all started with couches. I see was the wishing connection there. Oh, see, there we go. Okay, I, I'll take that. <laughs> that is so awesome. How can everybody uh, stay connected with you through social media? Uh, anywhere. Um, just look for Dina Parisi. I do have a couple of Instagrams right now because I was having an issue with one. So we'll see what happens. Mm -hmm. uh, you can go to Dina Parisi Ventures and you can kind of find everything there. One quick note I did want to make is that uh, one of the charities that I work with is Hello, oh, yes. Hello Gorgeous of Hope. Miss Kim Becker, she's the founder. And uh, they... They say they restore the beauty that cancer steals. So what they do is they run programs for women with cancer. Um, they educate them about what's happening with their skin and their hair and uh, or lack thereof. And um, they make women feel that have cancer, any type of cancer, feel better about themselves and be able to kind of go through the process, but still feel good. And um, I'll just give you a little quick. That's them. That is beautiful. I like. Yeah. That. So I did want to. I did want to. We got so also. I wanted to mention that quick. So um, and if anybody needs any information, just ask me. Definitely want to follow and support. I am so. This is so delightful to talk to you and what you're doing. I'm excited for you. I I want 2024 to just hurry up and get here because I definitely somehow want to watch you live. I've never been to a drag uh, race car show. Never been to any kind of race car show, never been to NASCAR or anything else. So that is literally on my list because I wrote 50 things that I want to do in my 50s. So I just turned 50 uh, a few weeks ago. And so definitely I wrote on there going to different sports uh, ventures and everything else. So that is one of the things that I want to do. So definitely want to uh, watch. Well, we'll definitely uh, we'll get you out there. I'm hoping that we'll get to 131, uh, which is in Michigan. And uh, we'll get you out there and, and you know, and 
don't, you know, don't come dressed too nice because I will probably put you to work. <laughs> I'm in. Put me in, coach. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I will definitely, definitely be there, part of the crew. Uh, you know, you just scribble my name on the bottom of everybody else and, and I will rock a pink tutu with lights. I will make that happen. I'll have no shame doing that. <laughs> Dina, you are absolutely amazing. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast today. Thank you so much. I appreciate you having me. Thank you. And for everybody that was watching and listening, thank you so much for tuning in. And as I always end the show, take care, stay safe. We're out of here. Be in the know of new episodes that are coming up on the podcast at heardthatwithmarisa.com. I'm also available on Instagram at Marisa Tigney Podcast, on Twitter at Lovely Marisa T, as well as Facebook on a social media page, Heard That With Marisa Tigney. I appreciate your continued support.